Amen. 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 You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're continuing our series entitled Building Legacy. Uh, as you well know, we talked last week about what legacy is, and we said a legacy is something that we hand down or something that is left behind. It's the idea of what do you want to be known for. Legacy, we said last week, it, it helps us to live our lives with a purpose in mind because we understand that there's a calling. How many of you realize that there's a calling on your life? That God has called all of us and there is something that we are to leave uh, when we leave uh, planet Earth should Jesus tarry. So we talked about living in such a way that when we leave the earth, that it was a lot better than when we got here. That we leave a legacy, a godly legacy. And last week we talked about the, we talked about the legacy of integrity. We understand that in our society today that it is often void of truth. And so integrity is something that is very, very, uh, uh, God takes very seriously. And I think we ought to as well. We ought to understand that there's power uh, in integrity and walking with God and walking in honesty and in walking in truth. And so we went over that last week in a great deal. Uh, and I, I pray and I hope uh, that you have adjusted your lives where it needs to be adjusted. Uh, uh, because how many know that people are watching us? Amen. And so we want to leave a legacy of integrity. Today, we want to talk about um, the legacy of forgiveness. The legacy of forgiveness. There is nothing that is more difficult than having to forgive someone that has wronged you in a very significant way. Nothing more difficult, more hurtful, and particularly, oftentimes, the people that hurt us are the people that we, uh, that we love. Um, you know, we are uh, having, we're going into the holiday season already. Can you believe it? Uh, we're going into Thanksgiving and Christmas. And this is a time where many families kind of gather together and, and celebrate. And, but, you know, for a lot of people, um, this time is one of the most depressing times. Uh, because people have been kind of overridden with past hurt and pain. And, and so for them, they don't really look forward to being with their family because, you know, people are still harboring these, these feelings of unforgiveness. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of pain. And, and the reason why it hurts so bad is because typically, uh, it, 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 um, you know, our offenses come from the people that, that we care about. Because if you didn't really care about them, it really, really wouldn't matter that much, right? So it comes from a mother, a brother, a sister, a, a friend, a, a loved one, a boyfriend, a husband, or a wife, or whatever the case might be, an uncle and an aunt. And, and sometimes we have a tendency uh, to hold on to these things. And one of the problems with an unforgiving spirit is that it spreads like wildfire. You know, not only because typically what happens is when people are hurt, they tend to want to know, for whatever reason, they tend to want to let other people know about it. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know, it's, it's not, you know, you hurt me, but I'm not really satisfied till I tell somebody else, then I let somebody else know, and then before you know it, everybody knows what happened to you. And now you have this thing called a spirit of unforgiveness that is surrounding you that only perpetuates itself. Now, I'm not here today, this morning, to try and minimize your pain. I'm here to help set you free. Look at your name and say, get free. 
You see, the, the problem, see, 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 what will get people free from a lot of pain? And a, because how many know that the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God? Everybody has. And one of the big things, and I remember years ago when I, when I began to engage my family, because particularly on my mother's side of the family, there was a great pain. And one of the things that I had to learn, because for so many years I blocked them out of my life, I really did, because I didn't really know them, and uh, the experiences wasn't that great, and a lot of them kind of ran away from home. I mean, literally ran away and never came back. And one of the things that God did, as God began to show me and reveal to me how much he loved me and how much he forgave me, I realized that I did not have the right to hold on to any unforgiveness. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So I began to reach out and I began to understand. And how do you know that it's amazing, though, that the person that has hurt you or or offended you, if, if you can just sometimes sit down, if you have the courage, and talk to that person and try to figure out why, Oftentimes, you realize that they are a recipient of, of being hurt. Because here's what I've come to understand in life. Hurt people hurt people. Y'all, y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? And, 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 and this thing has a, watch this, it has the potential to carry on for, it can affect generations and families. You know, that, that for years, the people walk around, they'll hold grudges. And, and here's the problem. As long as you're there, you are in prison, and yet you don't even know it. You may as well be down the street, down in the jail, in the local jail, because you are no better. In fact, I would think you're worse off because you think you're free, but you're not. See, if you are one of those persons that are walking around and you are full of unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness, how many know that it hurts you more than it does the person who you believe offended you? But yet you don't understand. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, church. That, that God has sent you and I, watch this church, and this is the thing I, got, got, I want us to understand. See, how many of you want to be used by God? Amen. See, we, we said this this morning, this is pretty significant. We said this morning, we, we talked about this, we talked about being used by God and an and, and anointing of God. We want the anointing to fall on us. Why? We want the anointing because we want to be used. Are y'all hearing me this morning? How many know that oftentimes in order for God to use you, you have to, listen, literally, you have to be a dead man or woman. You got to die to your own feelings and your own emotions. How many know you got to, you, how many know his grace is sufficient? Yes, is. Now, what I'm about to preach to you today, you cannot do in your own strength. I'm going to set you free right there because you're thinking, because if you, if you have somebody in mind, and I'm praying that the Holy Ghost will convict you and show you that person. Then you're probably thinking, Pastor, how in the world, for what this person did, you don't understand what they did to me. You know what? Maybe I don't. But here's what I do know, that there is no sin that God won't forgive. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning, church? There's no sin that God won't forgive. And here's what I do know, that if it, but if it were not for the grace of God, come on, church. None of us would be able to stand here this morning. How many of you have had to go back over and over again? Be honest with me. How many of you find yourself over and over again? You've been saved for a long time, but you still find yourself saying, Lord, forgive me. Come on. Amen. Imagine if, if God only said, you only got five times. <laughs> you only got five times. And after that fifth time, I'm done. Boy, how many of you, 
How many, aren't you glad that God is a good God? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. I mean, he's a good God. Because he doesn't do that for us. He forgives us every time you blow it. Every single time, God doesn't even hesitate. He's right there to forgive us. And the word forgiveness, and I want to, and Webster kind of put it in some really, really raw terms. Um, and I'm just going to give it to you. And, it's, and it really is very close to the original meaning of this particular word, to forgive. It is to give up resentment against or the desire to punish. <laughs> To stop being angry with, just stop. To pardon, it means. To give up all claim to punish or exact penalty penalty for an offense. It is to overlook it. It is to cancel it. To get rid of it. That's what it really means to forgive. And I understand that as I said that, if some of you are thinking to yourself, you know, like, you know, and I'm going to cover that in a moment. You know, when Peter was asking, he's like, you know, and I'll cover this. When Peter says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? And, and uh, you know, and, and, and Jesus said like seven times 70. And Peter said like seven times. And, and, and Peter said, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me because <laughs> this is hard. How many know that Jesus embodied forgiveness? Everything to think about it. Jesus came to one of the things that we love about Jesus. And we're talking about a legacy of forgiveness. Jesus said, watch this. He says, for I came to seek and to save that which was lost. God so loved the world that he gave. How many know he couldn't forgive them? Listen, church, he couldn't really love them. He couldn't really save them unless he forgave them. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? He had to forgive us. So God so loved the world. Everything about Jesus' ministry, get this into your spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Everything about Jesus' ministry is forgiveness. Everything that he did. If you want to sum it up, he forgave. How could he hang up on that cross? The very people that he created. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. By him, all things are, are held together by the word of his power. He's the creator God. And yet, he forgave when they, when they beat him, spit, spat on him, and, and abused him. And he hung up on that cross, and he did not say it angrily. He said it with love. He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He understood that. They were broken. And when you understand that people are broken, you're not so mad at them. But you have been called to, to be a person that will break the mold. We want the anointing, right? <laughs> the anointing to forgive. Why should we forgive? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to Joseph here because I only got four points in Joseph. I don't want to keep it long. I only got four points, but I just want to cover a couple of things is why should we forgive before I go back to Joseph? Why should we forgive? The first thing is that we're commanded to. Can I say this, church, that a Christian don't have an option. We don't sit down and debate whether or not we're going to forgive somebody. Y'all don't like that, do you? Boy, y'all silent at this one. How many of how many, we can't sit at the table and discuss, am I going to forgive them? What do you think, Brother Edwin? Should I? I mean, ask him. 
They ask for my forgiveness. Should I? You as a Christian, you don't have an option. You can, listen, you do not, and Christians yet today, they act like they have an option, especially, you know, you know how we get sometimes. We'll even brag about how we are upset at somebody. I don't have nothing to do with them. And then, then you, know, the way, you, know, we, you know, the way we deal with it, we say, man, you know, God, I'm, too, I'm too busy doing work for God. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy working for the Lord. <laughs> I'm too busy doing God's work. You think God's work might, <laughs> you might be uh, forgiving somebody. That's part of God's work. Am I right about it, church? Oh, I'm too anointed. You don't, I don't have time for that because I'm too busy serving the Lord so I can give you the cold shoulder and walk in my unforgiveness. Why should we forgive? Because we're commanded to do so. Matthew 18, 21, 22, Peter came to him and said, Lord, how much? How many times shall I sin shall I sin against? So my brother sin against me and I forgive him. Seven times, God, even Peter. You gotta give, you gotta give Peter credit. Peter says, he even, he even tried to help the Lord out. Seven times, Lord, because seven is God's perfect number. Come on. <laughs> seven times, God. Just seven. You know, God, that's your number. Again, God, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus flipped there and said, no, I do not say to you up to seven times, son, but up to 70 times seven. See, watch this now. Are you still listening? Say amen. See, the spirit of forgiveness has no limits. Oh, y'all get this, right? How many of you have said to yourself, enough? Come on. <laughs> but the spirit, what spirit are you of? The spirit of Jesus' whole point was to say this. Here's what Jesus was really communicating. Peter, I want you to forgive the person as often as they come back to you and they ask for your forgiveness. There are no limits. 70 times 7, because some of you might be tempted, so maybe I'll count 140. Hey, has anybody ever offended you? How much, how much is 70 times 7? Come on, who knows that math? 49 something? How, how many? Uh, 149? What is it? Y'all in math? Any mathematicians in here? It's a lot, a lot of times, right? Jesus said that to really be, he was really saying, you are to give, forgive them in an unlimited way. Why? Because this is this real spirit of forgiveness. This spirit of forgiveness. He says in Mark eleven twenty five, and when you stand praying, forgive. <laughs> Watch this, church. If you have any ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Watch. Oh, here we go. I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere with this. So he says, now, when you stand praying, now watch this. God is so serious about unforgiveness. He says, when you are praying, and, and listen, and if the Holy Spirit just happened, if that's, that, 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 that someone just happened to pop in your brain, how many know that was for a reason? He said at that moment, you need to, when, while you're doing it, listen, are y'all getting this? He says, now, while you're standing, while you're standing praying, praying, while you're in the middle of it, and it comes to your mind, somebody, that person, he says, stop right there, hop on the phone, get your text, whatever, and say, we need to work this out. Or, or if nothing else, you need to work it out in your own heart. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Colossians 3.13 says, we're to bear with one another. Oh, by the way, let me just say this. Unforgiveness affects your prayer life. Think about it. 
How many know we need to hear from God? We need to pray, and we don't want nothing to obstruct our prayers. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? We don't need no prayer. We don't need our prayers today obstructed. How many know that? How many you wanted that every time you go to pray, you want to know that God is listening and that you're going to get the petitions that you're asking of Him? You don't need to harbor that junk in your heart. Are you hearing me? It affects your prayer life. And we got too many things going on, man. We, we, how many of you, we need God. Come on, you with me, come on. We need the Lord. We don't need no, we don't need that junk. I, I, listen, listen, what God is doing in my life is bigger than your little offense. <laughs> Y'all, oh boy, I'm going somewhere with this this morning. Y'all still with me? Say amen. He says, now watch this. In Colossians 3.13, he said, bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even, this is, this is so deep, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must. Everybody say must. Oh, somebody says a hard word. <laughs> must means what? It's a command. Must. You got to do it. Ephesians 4.32. I like Ephesians 4.32. is very colorful. It even says it in a more colorful way. It says in, in, in Ephesians 4.32, and be you kind one to another. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Now, why is he telling you that? He's telegraphing something there, right? He's already telling you to forgive. What is he telling you in advance? He's telling you in advance that somebody's going to hurt you. And then what are you telling? He's telling you in advance that somebody is going to offend you. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to do something to you. But here's what he said now. He said, I want you to what? Forgive but he didn't even stop there. He says, forgive as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. See, he keeps bringing it back to you and your relationship with God. So we're to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. And man, if we can think of that, how he's forgiven us unconditionally, non-judgmentally, graciously, always there. He says we're to be the same way. Why? Because we're his children. Part of the kingdom of God, and so he expects us to be that way. We are to forgive because Christ has forgiven us. It's another reason why we need to forgive. Colossians 2.13, and you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive or quickened together with him, having forgiven you some of your trespasses. Is that what that say? Glory to God. He, listen. God didn't, God didn't pick out certain sins and say, I'm going to forgive you for this one. Oh, but that one, oh, no, you're on your own. For this one, for that one, oh, but that. No, aren't you glad God didn't do that? The Bible says he has forgiven you what? All of your sins. Every single one of them. The good, well, the good sins. Is there such thing of a good sin? No. Uh, <laughs> the worst sin, the, the, you know, uh, the most wretched sin, the most heinous of sin, he's forgiven us of all. If we just come to him, it doesn't matter what you've done in life. How many know he'll forgive you? This is the hope of the gospel. Can you think about a person who's sentenced to, to die or somebody who's done some heinous stuff and, 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 and there's a way they can get free if they come to Jesus and confess their sin? How many know he'll forgive them? Isn't that amazing? But sometimes we got so much bitterness and anger in our hearts, we don't even want people to get right with God if we're honest. Because we adopt the, we adopt the mentality of the world, which ain't rooted in Christ. How many know Christ died for all? Yeah, he died for all. 
we're to forgive? Because if he don't, if we don't forgive, he won't forgive us. That scares me. But Pastor, where do you get that at? That ain't in the Bible. Okay, Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. I don't know about you, but that scares me. So here's what he's saying. He's, again, he's affirming what I said earlier. Forgiveness, then, for a Christian is not a choice. We don't get to debate this one. God didn't leave this. I mean, no, this is not a, a thing where we can kind of go either way with it, you know? However the Lord leads you on this one. Oh, no. He ain't leading you but one way. <laughs> he says to forgive. He, God has seemingly tied our forgiveness to forgiving other people. And he's saying, if you can't forgive other people, then that affects your relationship with me. Don't come. You know, people would walk right in the church, raise their hand and sing songs and hold that stuff in their hearts. And they don't even understand. God is saying, ain't no. All the, I, 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 like I said earlier, brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, uh, but I ain't always doing it right all the time. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I go back to the world on a regular basis. Now, I'm not saying I'm living an ungodly life, but y'all get what I'm saying. You know, sometimes I don't say the right thing. I don't think the right thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I need God. I need the grace of God. You hearing me, church? And I don't need that in my life. I want to know like I know, man, that God has forgiven me. And, you know, and I want to make sure God and I even said, Lord, search my heart. You remember David prayed that prayer? Search me, God. And if there's anything in me that's right, not convict me and get it out. Because you need to be free. You need to be free. Yeah, you should not be in, in the prison of unforgiveness because that's what it, it is, a prison. It locks, puts you on lockdown. Think about how much power you give the enemy, how much power you give a, a, a person that, that when you see them, you can't even look at, you can't even think about their name. They got so much power over you, they make you walk around the other side of the room. They make you drive on the other side of the hallway. They even make you move in a whole different neighborhood. <laughs> you want to even move in a neighborhood. You love the house, but sister, so is I can't stand. I don't want nothing to do with it. Because God is working in me. How many know that unforgiveness... See, another reason why we forgive is because it's healthy for me. It's healthy for you. Man, it's good to be free. How many know Jesus said who the, who the son says free is free indeed? Man, you can walk around people and, say, and not hold that stuff in your heart. How many have ever had somebody you just, just I mean, just, just really hurt you really bad? Come on, raise it. Man, and you, <laughs> Gene about to pass out over. How many, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and you know, and, and, and let's be honest. Think about it. Who's in the prison? It's a terrible feeling that you feel that way. Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15 says this. Pursue peace with everybody. <laughs> with everybody, say everybody. And holiness without which no one would see the Lord. Watch this. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. There's a lot, whole lot of defiled people walking around because they're mad at what somebody did. 
I, you know, I, I said I, I don't want to take it lightly because I understand that some people have been through some horrific pains in life. Some people have had uh, experiences of sexual abuse by a loved one, you know, um, an uncle, a cousin, or God forbid, a parent, or somebody who sexual abuse and, 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 you know, and I know our society it, on the regular, you, let's be honest, the society applauds and even encourages you to hold bitter resentment against people. But what they don't take into account is, but th that person is not really free because they have that now. So it's not to say that you're to, you're to open yourself up in, to that person in, in a way that you did before, but it's simply to say that you just don't hold that stuff inside of you. Because you become defiled. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me this morning? It would affect you. And before you know it, you'll start spreading that. And you're not an agent of healing. You know, God gives us power. And I, I said before, and we want power for what we want power for. I believe that oftentimes we don't experience the power of God for because we want it for the wrong reasons. I really do. I, I, I believe that. I believe that the, the power of God comes to do in us and through us what we don't really want to do. We've got to be free, people. So go, let's go to Joseph. So Joseph then, and, uh, and I only got four points, so I'm going to wrap it up. So everybody knows this about the story of Joseph, but for those who may not, I'll just give a kind of brief uh, background. Because Joseph depicts forgiveness in a way that I read, every time I read, I don't think, I almost think it's next to impossible for any preacher to preach it about forgiveness and not somehow go back to Joseph. I almost think it's next to impossible because I have never seen, I don't know of a story nowhere that describes forgiveness like the story that, uh, of Joseph and what that boy and what that man endured. I just could not imagine. Joseph's brothers were, they were jealous of him because his father favored him. He was the son of Jacob's old age. Joseph had a dream, and he had signaled to all of his family that one day he would, all his family would bow down to him. Not everybody's excited about your dream. Even some folks in your family ain't excited. Come on, church. One day, Joseph was sent by Jacob to check on his brothers, and when they see him, you would think, hey, here come my brother, my little brother. They, the Bible said they plotted to kill him. Now, you know it's deep. These are my flesh and blood, my brothers. They see him, and they're plotting to kill him. Save the older brother, Reuben, said, no, we don't need, we don't need to do that. So they did the next worst thing, which, which was a little bit better than killing him. They sold him off to Egypt. Sold him off. So over 20-some years, so he's spending all his life, his teenage years, this boy is taken away, get this church, away from his father. He was betrayed by all of his brothers. Not all of his brothers betrayed him. Um, you know, they lied and, 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 and they faked his death. And, and Jacob wept and wept because he was thinking, I lost. I mean, think about this. How much, how unforgiveness, how, how, how being, how this stuff could just cause you to do. How many know that when you walk in bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and envious and that's why jealousy, all this, you got to be careful about this stuff because it can make you do some crazy stuff. It'll make you go off the chain. They, they hated their brother so much they didn't realize they were killing their own flesh and blood. Joseph gets sold off into Egypt. He lands in Potiphar's house. 
He does a great job there. But then while he's there, you're thinking his life now he's making traction in a foreign land in Egypt, having to learn the customs and the languages there. Then all of a sudden, then not, to make matters worse, Potiphar's wife accused him of rape, accused him of rape, which he did not do. So then not only that, now he goes to prison for a rape. Now, now watch now. So you're sold off into Egypt. You, you're thrown in a pit. You, you're separated from your family, from everything that you're familiar with. And then when you're trying to, you end up in a foreign land, then a lady claimed you raped her, and you know you never touched her. How many know you might be bitter at this point? You might be like, you know what, this is about a good time for me to check out. It ain't going that well right now. Because I'm about, you, you would think if anybody in the world had, had, a, had, had the right to be angry, upset, and bitter, even at God, it might have been this guy. It might have been him. I mean, think about all that he went through. And then he's in jail. And then he, he, he makes a deal with one of the folks who were in jail with him. And they were supposed to, and he interpreted the dream. And then it's, you know, the God takes his dream that he interpreted and go and give it to Pharaoh. And, and they totally forgot about Joseph. And so Joseph now, he's forgotten in jail. And, you know, he's, all these things are happening to him. But then he gets a breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. He gets a breakthrough. Because how many know that God was always with him? See, even when you're in your darkest moment, know this, that God is with you. You may be thinking, man, this is hard. I don't understand it. But sometimes I feel alone. This is cold. This, is, this, hurts, this hurts really bad. This is cold. God wants you to know that he's still there. He's still, see, all the while, while Joseph was going through that, and some said, God was a whole time. God was working in the background. God was setting Joseph up to bless him. But in order for Joseph to receive that blessing, he could not be a vessel of bitterness. Couldn't be. He couldn't be that. See? He's in jail and all of a sudden, man, he gets a, a Pharaoh gets a crazy dream and and I believe it was a butler. One of them remembered that Joseph interpreted dreams, went back, and they said, they told the Pharaoh, so there's one guy in jail that everybody kind of forgotten about. He, he can tell you. All of a sudden, he interprets a Pharaoh's dream. Joseph comes and interprets a Pharaoh's dream, and, and, and Pharaoh exalts Joseph to the second in command of all of Egypt, the whole nation, which at that time, Egypt was the most powerful nation on earth. Potiphar, watch this, not Potiphar, Pharaoh makes him second in command. He's the prime minister from rags to riches, just like that. Oh, good God. Somebody ought to give God praise. Somebody ought to give God praise. So, so, here, it, so here this brother is. A, so I want you to understand some things here now. now. Now watch this because this is so important. Joseph forgave in spite of his hurt. It's not to say that that man wasn't hurting. See, the Bible says in, 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 in verses 3 and 4, that same chapter, Joseph, when he met his brothers, he said, look, I'm Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him because they, they were confused. They were like, what in the world? You know, because they hadn't seen him in years. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. Now, y'all know if that was one of us, listen, come on. We've been like, come, please come near. You, listen, Joe, <laughs> come on, church. Let's be real. Joseph had the power to kill every, every single one of them. 
But first lady, let me tell you something right now. Joseph had forgiven his brothers way before they got there. The only way that he could look at them and not want to kill them was that he did not allow himself to harbor all that junk in the inside. So when he saw them, it was very natural. He had already dealt with that. Way before they got there, Joseph was already free. That's why he was able to look at him and say, it's all right, brothers. It's all right, brothers. It's okay. He forgave him in spite of his hurt. See, if he would have harbored all that junk, the minute he would have saw them, he would have killed them. And many of us, let's be honest, we would look and we would say they got what they deserve. Because that's the spirit of the world, isn't it? That's what the world would do. But Joseph didn't do that. See, Joseph demonstrated, here's, here's another point. I only got four of these. Joseph demonstrated his forgiveness. In verse number 10 and 11, look at this. See, because how many know it's easy to say I forgive you and walk away and never have nothing to do with that person again? Come on. You know, Christians are really good at saying things. Y'all know how we do. We can talk up a good game. But how do you really know you've really forgiven somebody, honestly? How do you really know? How do you really? It, well, I say I forgive you. Good enough. No. There are a lot of people who say I forgive you, and then they bring it right back. Come on. I forgive you, then two minutes later. Well, what about, well, I thought, you, I thought we talked about that. Well, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. As, well, I thought we. Talk, I thought you said. Well, yeah, but you know, I just. I'm just saying. <laughs> See, <laughs> just verse ten. He says in verse forty-five, Genesis forty-five, verse number ten, eleven. He said, "You shall dwell in the land of Goshen." Here's what he said to his brother. Listen to this, and you shall be near to me, you and your children, and your children's children. Look at. I don't listen. I, I'm gonna forgive you. Watch this. But see, because some of us say, "I forgive you," then we'll move them all. We look. We'll get as far away from them as we possibly can. Come on, church. What does it say here? He said to them, watch this. And let me read it again because I don't want y'all to miss it. Verse 10 11. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to her, to me. I want you near me. Oh, good God. See, now you got to see him every day. You follow, you follow what I'm saying? See, this tells us that Joseph was really free. Am I right about it, church? He says, for, he said, look, here's what's going to happen. I want you near to me, you and your kids. And your children, your flocks, your, your herds, and all that you have. Watch verse number 11. And there I will provide for you. Not only I'm, 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 I'll set up, I give you, but I'm going to now, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, you guys, the one that threw me in the pit, took me away from my brother, sold me off into Egypt over 20 some years later. I'm going to take you. I'm going to provide I really, I think there's a credible question that you have really not yet forgiven until you've demonstrated it. I think it's incredible. I think it's credible to say that, to put a question mark about, about your forgiveness, because if you haven't, here's my question, how have you demonstrated? What have you given? What have you done? Somebody going to get free. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? See? Joseph trusted, he forgave because he trusted in God's sovereignty. That's why he forgave him. Boy, you got to have a lot of faith in God. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? 
Hey, you know, this kind of forgiveness, man, I mean, I just could not imagine. Joseph had to have the grace of God to help him like that. It says in verse number five and seven, but now, watch this. Here's what Joseph says to his brother. Y'all still listen to say amen. He said, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Don't be mad. For God sent me before you. It was who sent me? God. Ah, y'all not getting this yet. I'm, Lord, help me. For these two years, the famine has been in land, and there are still five years in which there would neither be plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before, God sent me, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity. That means a generation of people for you and the earth, and to save, to save, to save to save, you're getting it, to save your life by a great deliverance. Now, I want you to understand something here, church. See, forgiveness is about salvation. Let me, let me explain to you. See, how many know that, that Joseph said, watch, Joseph realized something. He said, you know what? As he scaled this thing, he realized, see, God was the one who sent me here. See, how many know God can take what you meant for evil and he can flip that thing because he's God. Only God can do this now. Oh, you serve a mighty God. Come on, somebody. God can take that thing. The Bible says all things work together for what? Good. He didn't say they will all be good. He just hit all of for you, the Christian, the believer. He said they're going to work out for good. See, all along, Joseph said it was God who sent me here. You, didn't, you thought it was you. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for what? Good. See, God had made it. See, this goes all the way back. This is, oh, I feel like I'm about to, God will, God is so faithful because this is all about God making this promise to Abraham. He said, and you, Abram, all families of the earth will be blessed. God made a promise. That promise extends to you and me. And so in order for God to keep his promise, God knew that there was a group of people that called the Jews that he made a promise to Abraham. He says, Abraham, I'm a, he's a, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, Abraham, I'm going to multiply you. And God knew a famine was coming, so he sent Joseph way ahead to make sure to preserve a, a people that he called to himself because it was that people to which he said that the, all the families of the earth would be blessed. But you've got to understand something. Joseph then had to be a vessel. He had to be a man who could take some licks and keep on ticking. He had to be a person who was not. You see, some of us, we listen, some of us, we, we perpetuate the spirit of unforgiveness. And people are not being free because we are so bitter. We are so angry and we allow people to stay bitter and angry and they're in prison and nobody is getting saved. See, how many know that forgiveness is about salvation? You see, you see, God needed somebody. When God says he want to use you, that's what he's, he needed somebody who could be a Joseph. Somebody who could be beaten Somebody who could be sold off. Somebody who could be mistreated. Somebody who can go to jail for something. He, he needed a vessel that would be willing to do it. And Joseph was his man. And as a result, God exalted him. How many know God will exalt you? Made him second in all command. How many know he earned that, church? He earned it. He earned it. Why? Because he was faithful to his God. He trusted God. 
See, one of the things about unforgiveness is the way you get free is Jesus got, listen, you can't do this in your You got to give that thing to God. So, Lord, I'm hurt. I am mad. I am angry. But you know what, God? I'm going to give this to you right now. Give me the grace, God. And not only that, Lord, I'm going to be an agent of healing. Everywhere I go, I'm going to rid, I'm going to rid my atmosphere of the spirit of unforgiveness. I don't even want it around. Y'all hear me, church? I don't want it around me. Why? Because it's contagious. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Ah, oh, it'll hurt people real bad. See, Joseph released his brothers of their guilt. Look what he says in verse number 45. In chapter 45, verse 5, he says, But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God did it, to preserve life. You know what's amazing about that verse? He did not want them walking around feeling bad about it. You know how sometimes... You know, here's, let me set you free. Now, some of you ain't going to like this. I'm going to sit in. I'm going to take my glasses off and say this. Okay. Some of you right now, you're holding forgiveness because you're waiting for the person to come to you and say, I'm sorry. And they haven't, they haven't said anything to me. Then when they come and tell me I'm sorry, not, they have not. They need to. Uh, Joseph didn't do that, did he? No. See, 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 the spirit of forgiveness says, I've already given you, whether you say I'm sorry or not. <laughs> see, some of us sometimes, we want them, watch this church, we want them to feel bad for what they did to us. Joseph said, no, I'm releasing you. He said, I, in fact, don't you be, don't feel guilty. I'm good. Look at me. God has blessed me. I'm fine. I'm free. Do you see me mad? Ain't no, brothers, look at me. I'm good. God sent me here to preserve us. I'm good. Don't be mad. Be free. Because you know, because you, um, you got you to think about it from their perspective. They're probably thinking, but they all think about all the guilt in there. Man, look what we did. To, I can't believe. Why did we do that? I mean, they were scared for their lives. They're confused. They don't know. I mean, and, you know, they're in the prison of themselves because, how I many know, they had to have been in prison for what they did, how they did that to their brother. And yet, Joseph says, be free. Church, you know, we're supposed to be walking around to people. Watch this. You're supposed to be walking around saying, be free. Be free. Yeah, you hurt me. Yeah, you did. It hurt real bad. It, ah, it hurt so bad. Be free. <laughs> be free. See, this is what it means to be a servant of the Most High God, church. This is stuff you don't hear about, but this is really what it means. I cannot look at the story of Joseph. When you, when you hear Joseph's name, and I'm just saying this from my perspective, every time I hear the name of Joseph, I think about forgiveness. Every time. You know, the first thing you think, you don't think prime minister. The first thing, every time I hear the story of Joseph, every time I hear Joseph named biblical Joseph, I think, man, how he forgave them, his brothers, for what they did. He left a legacy of what? Forgiveness. A legacy of healing. What kind of legacy are you leaving? Do you want to leave a legacy of bitterness? Anger? I mean, no, you can't escape that spirit. You can't escape it. If you subscribe to it, it's going to affect you. And the only way to, only way to deal with it is you got to forgive. And watch this. And you got you to cleanse yourself and your atmosphere of anything that is not like this, Joseph. You see, what I like about Joseph is this. 
here's a man that is just like you and I. He experienced pain, hurt, rejection. But he understood something, that there's a greater purpose. I'm trying to get you to understand this morning that what God, what God has for you is greater than the person that offended you. you get, are you getting that? It's bigger than that. So you got to be bigger. You got to be bigger. You got to be bigger than what somebody say about you. When people say bad, you got to be bigger. I'm not saying that, you, yeah, you weep, you take it to God, do whatever you got to do. But when you get up off your knees, you better get free. You better get free. Why? Because God is ready to use you. Because your freedom is tied to somebody else getting free. You know the person you say you don't like, you're so mad about? Imagine if they were saving right with God, how much you would like them. Maybe the only thing that's keeping them from coming to the kingdom of God is your anger and your bitterness. Get free. Leave a legacy. This is a legacy. This is what we want to leave. A legacy of forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.